Welcome to episode 14 of Canine Educators to Save a Life. My name is Eric Odie-Roth, author of Canine Medic, and I will be your host. Now, for those of you who follow us might be thinking, hey, what happened to episode 13? Well, I thought I would give those who experienced triskeidekaphobia a little love. So welcome to episode 14. In today's episode, we will be doing a case study about water intoxication in dogs. This episode was a request from one of our subscribers. If there is a subject you would like us to cover, please reach out. So our case study takes us back to 2019, and we will look at an incident involving dog owner Susan Paulson. Susan was poolside at her home in Morgan Hill, California, tossing a ball for her water-loving papillon named Kinetic. Kinetic was three and a half years old and a top-ranked agility competitor. Susan routinely cross-trained Kinetic in the pool to help her build muscle strength. Kinetic had just learned how to leap straight into the pool and absolutely loved diving for her toy. Now, Susan was extremely careful to prevent Kinetic from overexertion, and after 20 minutes, she removed her dog from the pool to rest. A half hour later, she found her dog motionless on the couch. Kinetic was so lethargic and weak that her head bobbed and she urinated uncontrollably when Susan picked her up. In the car on the way to the emergency vet, things got much worse. Kinetic started to foam at the mouth, her lips and gums turned blue, and she slipped into a coma. As the veterinarian treated Kinetic, her blood work revealed that the sodium-potassium levels were significantly off. By this time, Kinetic's brain started to swell and her organs started to fail. Within six hours, Kinetic had gone from being an active, vibrant, energetic, agile pup to being removed from life support. Susan stated, we didn't do anything excessive and she wasn't exhausted. I had no clue that this could happen. Wow. Even though the story is scary and impactful, I want to point out that water intoxication is in fact extremely rare. When a dog takes in too much water, they have more than their body needs, and this depletes sodium levels. Sodium is extremely important to the body as it maintains blood pressure, nerve, and muscle function. When you have low sodium levels, this condition is called hyponatremia. In an effort to rebalance itself, the body responds to the low blood sodium by increasing fluid intake inside the cells. Such organs as the liver, they do have room to accommodate the size of the swelling cells, but others, and particularly the brain, which is encased in the skull, cannot. Signs of water intoxication include lethargy, bloating, vomiting, loss of coordination, restlessness, increased salivation, pale gums, dilated pupils, and glazed eyes. As the pressure in the brain increases, the cells begin to die off. The dog may have difficulty breathing, develop seizures, and lose consciousness. Hyponatremia is most commonly seen in dogs who love to play in the water. Water games that involve retrieving items or diving into pools to catch toys can cause them to ingest large quantities of water very quickly. Crazy enough, this can also happen when they snip at pressurized water coming from sprinklers or hoses. There is one sport where owners need to be more sensitive and informed. This involves dock dogs or diving dogs. This is a canine sport in which dogs are enticed to run the length of a dock and they leap as far out in the water as possible to compete for both height and distance. They are motivated to fly with a prized toy which is thrown just out of reach in order to help them keep their momentum and get the best launch angle possible. Now this sport takes great care to prevent hyponatremia. They pay attention to the details all the way down to the choice of the toy that is being tossed. With a hard bumper or a likewise solid toy, the mouth is forced open and the dog consequently consumes more water. Switching to a toy with a tether or tail, such as a wooba, allows them to close their mouth around the thinner end and therefore they avoid the issue. 
Another thing that is on the radar in this sport is aspiration pneumonia from inhaling water while swimming. To no surprise, oxygen is unquestionably required for life. Without our lungs, oxygen can't get into the bloodstream and transport it to our cells. Now imagine taking in a deep breath, but instead of oxygen, you inhale water. This leads to lung inflammation and infection. Signs of aspiration include coughing, exercise intolerance, labor to rapid breathing, a rapid heart rate, and fever. Now you hear us talk about fever quite often in these episodes. It is important to have a digital thermometer on hand at all times. A dog's normal temperature is between 100 and 102.5 degrees Celsius. Not Celsius, Fahrenheit. I don't know why I said Celsius. As with nearly all disease conditions, prevention is better than treatment. This is especially the case for aspiration pneumonia since the outlook is poor even with treatment. All right, let's get back to water intoxication. Water intoxication can affect any size or breed of dog, but smaller dogs probably show symptoms more quickly because it takes less time for an excessive amount of water to build up in their bodies. It's important to note that water intoxication progresses quickly and can be life-threatening. So if your pet has been playing in the water and begins to exhibit any of the symptoms that we went over, it is crucial that you seek immediate veterinary care to save your dog's life. Veterinarians may administer drugs such as mannitol, as this will help to decrease the pressure in the brain. They may also administer diuretics such as Lasix. This will help remove the fluid from the body. Now, as a paramedic, I often preach to obtain information. Obtain information. I tell my students that constantly. The more information you have, the better your chance will be to treat the underlying issue. Be sure to let your veterinarian know the events leading up and the reason for your emergency office visit. Now, water intoxication is not widely mentioned in the published veterinarian literature and can be misdiagnosed as hypothermia or overexertion. Lower than normal sodium levels are a classic sign of water intoxication, but depending on when the vet runs the lab work, the dog's blood sodium levels may have already started to stabilize, even though the cellular damage is done. So again, be very transparent with the events leading up to your visit. So what can you do? Prevention is the key. First, take note of your dog's swimming style. If they tend to splash and they hold their head low in the water with their mouth open, even slightly, they are at a great risk for water intoxication. The breed of your dog can also play a part. High energy and high drive dogs that excel at agility, such as Russell Terriers and Papillons, they often have lower fat reserves and higher pain thresholds. This prompts them through pushing through discomfort even after they've taken on too much water. Ironically, Breeds that were developed to spend a lot of time in the water, such as Labradors, they tend not to be mentioned in the discussions of water intoxication. This might be due to the fact that these dogs have been bred to move through the water, creating as little surface disturbance as possible in order to do their best work. Anytime we allow a dog to swim in the water, we must be mindful of blue-green algae. Jump back to episode 12 and learn the dangers of this toxic bloom. It is important to take frequent rest breaks between swimming sessions. Be sure to give your dog plenty of opportunities to relieve themselves, as this will aid in removing excess fluid. If your dog is a fetcher, avoid tennis balls and rounded shaped toss toys. Opt instead for something flatter. This will allow them to better close their mouth around it. Do not allow your dog to dive for objects, and the same goes for biting at the high-pressure stream from a hose. If your dog empties their water bowl after playing hard or exercise, ensure they are well-rested before refilling the bowl. Be sure to familiarize yourself with the symptoms of water intoxication to keep your dog safe. Now you are armed with a little bit of knowledge, 
And with this new knowledge, you can actually save a life. You often hear that education is power. The ASPCA publishes that in one in four dogs would have a dramatically better outcome if there was only one first aid technique applied prior to reaching the veterinarian. We have two online courses for you to choose from that are very cost-effective. So pop on over to www.canineeducators.com and hop into one of our courses. On behalf of all of us at Canine Educators, we'd like to thank you for listening. Until next time, never let fear be larger than your purpose. Music